Well, Dave, wow. well, the, the first guest of this amazing never happening again talkcast between us. How are you doing, Dave? Have you got a name for this podcast yet? <laughs> Do you think I have a plan? I'm calling it the Feed K podcast. I, I thought, I, <laughs> hang on a second. I, how could it be called the Feed K podcast if I'm a guest? Maybe this could be our thing. We we always invite people like Donald Trump and we both talk to them and shit. I'm I don't confused. know. I didn't plan this. Am I a guest or am I a host? I don't even know. What what do you feel like? Like a guest or a host? I don't know. I thought I was a host. Okay, you're the host. And we all know hosting and Paradox Wave Man is always gonna lead to beauty. So Dave. the big question. I, I I'll start this off. I'll start this off. So how have you been? <laughs> I feel uh, great. I think so. It's getting hotter in, in Germany and it really fucks with me. We were out yesterday looking at like an old castle and I was sweating to death. We have our little podcast assistant here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, what are we drinking? No, I'm... I'm. Look, it's... Uh, this is pretty English, isn't it? Eggs with bread and... What is this, Dave? What is this? Oh, it's uh, peach. Kind of looks like peach, peach? to me. Germans, isn't there a difference between uh, Pfirsich and Aprikose? Feel... Nectarine. Nectarine. Is that English? A very uh, Mediterranean breakfast you've got there. The sweet and the savory both together. What did what did you eat this morning? I have not eaten anything today. I've been doing uh, like a fasting thing to lose weight. And I oh, in intermittent fasting. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like you over? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I've I've lost a uh, stone. That's 14 Can pounds. Can you stop talking about stones? This is not Middle Earth. <laughs> well, it's 14 pounds since... 14, uh, what is 14 pounds, man? I think that's like maybe one and a half kilograms. Let me Google it. Pounds. Ah, you lost one half kilogram. That's good. Oh, that's half a kilogram. Wow. Uh, no, well, that's one pound. Hang on, let me start again. Let me start again. How yeah. much do you weigh right now? Come on, why? Let's have a look. You have a beautiful face. Okay, the last time I weighed myself, I was 14 stone 12. Let me just reverse engineer that. 94. 90. We weighed the same. We weighed the same, day. Wow. 94. Yeah. Aren't you like tall? Aren't you like super tall yeah six two uh it's that actually still puts me to the overweight range for bmi though see i used to have like this routine where i used to run like a good like 5k almost every other day and i was in so much shape i had so much energy and my weight was always stable i felt the top you know and at the minute recently i have not been feeling that way and i'd love to get back to the way i was well why did you stop running i hate running yeah, <laughs> I hate it. Term. It's really it's annoying. actually very boring. Yeah, the biggest issue with it is that sometimes you want to go out and the weather's great and that's awesome, and then sometimes it's too hot and you just big sweaty blob, yeah. and then sometimes you go out and it's pissing it down, and you just—it's really hard to have the perfect weather for running. You know, it needs to be like ten degrees centigrade dead on on a oh, cloudy, right. overcast day. It's true. I know what you mean, but I think the sports and losing weight is about that you have to push yourself to do it. Like I always go jogging very early because once the sun comes up, I can't go out anymore. It burns me to death. The way I see it is, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, I, I don't. I think it's a really good way of doing it long term. Well, would you say there is a sport that would motivate you and then you would enjoy it? Like, I don't know, swimming or something? Uh, I, I do enjoy cycling. I think the biggest problem with cycling is because you're on a vehicle that, like, makes sure movement's, like, six or seven times more efficient. You usually have to be going a lot longer to actually get, yeah. you know, like, the calorie benefit from it. Uh, more more time-consuming, yeah. And plus, I bought an e-bike, too, so that was, mm. like, a year ago. You know, you say to yourself, oh, I'll only turn on the assist when I'm going uphill, but, you know, sometimes you just want to go freaking fast, you know? You just so you whack whack on yeah, the assist yeah. and then... I, I saw this uh, podcast the other day from Joe Rogan, and he had, like, a sports um, scientist there, and he talked about this principle that, like, you right now have this argument, I would like to go cycling, but it takes more time, it takes more energy, blah, blah, blah. But this guy has the argument that right now you're not doing any sports anyway. So if you go cycling just for 30 minutes or one hour, it's still, you did something. Still, you did something. It's better than doing nothing. No, it's like this principle 
example of at least do something, even if it's not much, at least you're doing something. A guy that does one week of lazy sports, like only 20 minutes, did more sports than a guy who didn't do any sports at all. In this was yeah. um, a long time ago, but I remember reading something about people had like an afterburn after exercise, particularly people who aren't very active. So they'll just play around with yeah. some dumbbells, not necessarily doing any kind of reps or anything. And later on, they'll find they'll get a lot of benefit from that, from an afterburn effect. I think the idea behind it is you're consuming calories as you're developing those muscle areas. So if later on, if you were lifting, you'd be more efficient at doing it. Hmm. And then obviously the efficiency drops off because you become more swole. Yeah. Yeah. Or for example, this, this scientist also had this to, to connect with this, this idea that uh, people that should start with sports, they hate sports because let's say you're very, you're not very unhealthy right now and you start jogging today. You're going to come home and you're going to feel like shit. The next three days, you're going to feel like shit. So he's suggesting the first time you do sports, just chill. Stop when you start feeling a bit of burn. Stop after 10 minutes, What is whatever. So the next day, you're not going to be negatively thinking about it. Ooh, everything hurts. But you're actually like, oh, I still feel great. I didn't do too much, but at least you're still ready to keep going. You know? I found the thing that motivated me to keep going was routine. If I said to myself, yeah. every other day, apart from weekends, I don't know, I felt like I was consistent. But the only problem was, is I would beat myself up if I missed one day. And of course, we well, I think I, I have a name of the podcast. It's the Boomer Podcast. We're talking about how to lose weight. What? I, just for the audience, I'm 35. How old are you? Are you already 35, man? Wow. Yeah, I turned 35 uh, in April. Happy birthday. Oh, wow. Thank you, my dude. What and you, get... you look much younger. What did you get me? This podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is the present, right? Go, how old are okay, you? Next... Come on, for the, for the audience. I'm how old 29. Are you? I mean, you. my brain is 40, but. 30 scare you? No, no. I don't care about the number. I care about the body. Like losing hair and getting weaker that that i'm scared of something like that like if i'm 40 years old but i still i'm still I still fit and have hair who cares but if i'm 28 and i'm already bald you know i think that's this, like the way i, I think you have beautiful I... hair right i remember <laughs> i had a dream last night that I, I lost most of my hair that's really oh. strange i usually don't even think about my hair i don't obsess about it like some people do because a lot of the time i don't have a hairstyle i just let it grow out but last night i had a dream where it literally it like it was it was almost like uh you can't even call it receding hairline it was like a toupee because it kind of flapped in the top and i was thinking does it even make any sense that's not even the way you lose hair anyway. <laughs> ah, Do you, you ever say uh, dreams show what you're scared of? Yeah, maybe it is. Like unconsciously, I am really paranoid about losing my hair. Maybe I am. What What are you afraid of, Tommy? Generally, or like getting older, or generally? Yeah. <laughs> the Hoi Four podcast. This is becoming a very personal one. <laughs> what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of um. I think being a loser again. Like I'm very afraid of like the stream dying. That that will really fuck me hard. I. But I think it's normal if you're like if you have a business, right? I mean, you will feel the same if you're let's say your YouTube channel will be lost for some reason. This will make you very sad, won't it? Yeah, I think it would. Very scary. Yeah. I think I share that that fear. I, I think the only way I see it differently is it's returning to a past job. That's the fear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very well said. Like, we have such a... It's it's a privilege, like, being a streamer or YouTuber. It's a cool job. And imagining it fucks up and you have to go back to, like, retail or something, that, that's hor horrifying. It just is the truth. Yeah. True. What, uh, which brings us to one of my questions. Oh. Uh, who asked this questions? I, from Eins. Um, he's kind of asking how did feedback start his YouTube career, but the question... Uh, I will change it for a second. What did you do? Uh, tell the people. People also want to learn about you. I think I know the answer, but what did you do before YouTube? What was your last job before you did YouTube? My last job before YouTube was call center work, and I would be the guy on the phone um, that would guide people through signing up for benefits. So they'd be computer literate, and they'd call up me up, and I would guide them through the buttons they have to press to sign up for better benefits in the UK. They call it universal credit. 
And I did that job for six weeks. Oh, six weeks, not not a lot of time. <laughs> no. And did, did you have fun in it? I hated it. Yeah. It was like, it was like, it, it was like pulling teeth. It was awful. What did you do the last job, Tommy? Well, as you know, I was in the supermarket for seven years. And also another example of just hating it and being happy not to be there anymore. I mean, I just thought about this. If you are in the supermarket for 400 euros a month, if you are in what feedback did, the, the call station, is there any human being on this planet that enjoys these jobs? Is there anyone that goes home like, today I was cashing for eight hours. I made way too less money. I love this. Is anyone like there out like that out there? I think some people have, I, I am one, I'm not one of these people, by the way, but some people are high energy and they need somewhere to like vent their energy. And I think mm. just having a job where, I don't know, you're either on the phone or you're stacking shelves. I think that burns off that energy and it gets rid of that frustration. And I think that keeps them motivated. So I think doing nothing would make them go mad. But just doing yeah. something simple, like, I don't know, a supermarket job probably would be just enough. I don't know, I'd take you as a high energy guy. I'd, I'd imagine you being unemployed with no job and no streaming career, just be, you'd go mad. Yeah, I know what you're, yeah, I know what you're saying. By the way, someone is saying, uh, Kim is saying, some people are so normie, they have, they want to have such an average life. We're not dissing an average life here. There's certain jobs in an average normie life, whatever you want to call it, that are just shit jobs. Doesn't matter how educated you are, they're just shit job. And no one likes to do that. There's obviously barbers out there that love being a barber, but sitting, being on a cashier station or in a fucking call center all day, it's a big difference. They, Dave sent me one month ago, I talked about this uh, before we get the questions. He sent me a picture. He fucking totally cut off his thumb. Like fully the upper thing is cut off. How do you feel now? Is it looking better? Are you actually missing flesh now on your thumb or how does this work? I'll tell the story. So I bought one of those flatbed mandolin slices. Uh, if you've ever worked in the kitchen or kitchen industry, you'll know what they are. They're not really for commercial use, but I bought one anyway because I'm a rebel. And I was so excited when I got it out of the box. I was like, oh, let's chop this pepper. So the blade is so unbelievably sharp. When you actually move vegetable over it, you can't even feel any kind of pushback, any friction, any kind. So there's me with a pepper in one hand going back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, nothing's happening here. It's not even working. Why is it not chopping this vegetable? And boom, my thumb. Um, it's like a directional cut, slice, taking a bit of the nail off as well. It bled like hell. Funnily enough, it, it wasn't even painful because it was such a clean cut. And uh, I went to A&E in the middle of the COVID crisis, which was interesting. <laughs> he, he said, and he sends me a picture and you have to understand, kind of like, like this was just gone, just really just gone. And I, he sent me a fresh picture of the cut. Beautiful. I have it in my bedroom now. <laughs> Very good picture. So how is it healing? It's... It's a lot better. And it's actually a little bit disappointing in a way because you kind of like, you'd expect with how bad it looked initially to like have a massive gash out of it, but it's just the tiniest indent of the mount with a bit of a scab on mm. the end. That's it. I'd imagine in like a year's time, it, the, probably the indent won't be there either. It's kind of strange how like, I don't know, there's some like regenerative oh, abilities, you know, of your, your fingers. Oh, regenerative abilities. Well, it seems like me and people are feeling great. I want to know about your injuries. Come here. What, what have you ever damaged or injured? Come on, tell me. Man, to be honest, I never had like huge injuries injuries like broken bones and shit i once had 12 holes in my head but that sounds more hardcore than it is i was a kid and i had a bicycling accident and i fell on the ground full of stones and i had little cracks in my skull 12 at time and they had to fix that but it wasn't that bad playing football i then ripped a shit ton my feet are fucked up till this day i heard that's it's really painful it was very bad and i was too ghetto i didn't go to the doctor and now it's fucked for life and shit um 
but I never had big injuries. I was more like a disease guy. I had some big disease that almost got me. Um, like... I once fell off a roof on my head and I was like, to sit, I'm dead. But I felt great. Nothing was happening. But disease-wise, I once had, um, I was 18 years old in the army. I had like, they thought I had tuberculosis. I was literally just coughing blood for weeks, pretty heavy. Uh, whooping, coughing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's a bacteria cough. that goes into your lungs and oh, triggers yeah. a lot of coughing. And I coughed so much that the, the skin inside my lungs will rip apart and that's the blood. And the German army didn't take it serious. And I was very shy. I was 18 years old. I didn't really fight for my rights. No one took it serious. And it went away. And till this day, I'm not a doctor, but they say the bacteria that causes whooping, whooping coughing stays with you forever. Till this day, I always do. <clears throat> it's, it will stay with me my whole life now. And the thing is now, now there's even, I'm probably going to die one day of lung shit. So I have the whooping coughing bacteria. And now as I'm getting older, I got a new disease called the reflux. I have too much um, acid in my stomach, too much liquid. And the liquid is always coming up. For example, at night, if I lay down, the liquid of the stomach goes up and it kind of attacks this area, like the Adam's apple and shit. And it makes me go... <clears throat> Yeah. Yes. No, no, I don't, I don't have fluid in my lungs. The fluid of the stomach goes into my um, oh, like my 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 throat. My reflux. Throat. Yeah, reflux. Yeah. I used to. God, I've done so many jobs. When I I did travel insurance sales on the phone, and people would have to declare their medical conditions. So it's like I like have a memory of every single medical condition, and when everyone would come up, I'd like Google it to find out what it was and what it meant. That's why I've got like this photographic no. memory of all these conditions and how to pronounce them and whatnot. The like joy. yeah, for example, if I drink one can of Coca Cola and I don't take my pills, I'm I'm in a lot of trouble. Okay, I think we should go for a question that somehow either computer game or Hoi4 related. Okay, my dude, this is a paradox uh, Hoi4 talk <laughs> we're going to do here. Me and Dave, uh, we're actually about to go to TwitchCon together, live in a house together, but then Corona happened. So yeah, I miss you. Yeah, we, okay. we did meet at uh, 2019 PDXCon though, didn't we? Yeah, and it was beautiful. I felt like I found a friend. Do you feel the same? Hello. What? What? <laughs> I just want to say, I mean this, I, I, I tell you this all the time. I'm like always sucking your dick. I always say at ParadoxCon, the coolest person I met and the person, if I could choose one person that I met at ParadoxCon that I could like have, <laughs> oh, I, I have no. to stay with for a year or something, I'd choose you. I just, okay. Listen, yeah. I loved everyone I met at PDXCon equally. You are all in my heart. I adore you all. Tommy, I do love you too. Now, Alex is closely after. Alex, you know I love you. Me and Lisa love you. We want to actually chill. Lisa talks about you and we, we like you. There was like this moment where, where my girlfriend, me and Alex were sitting on the river and we just had the super, like we just met Alex. We we're strangers. And we just had the super honest talk. And one of the best, uh, before we get into the questions, one of the best memories I had was me, Dave, Alex, and my girlfriend go to an Italian restaurant. We just left the convention and all the cringy shit and we just went to a restaurant. And it was so much fun. They were so British. These guys are so British, man. Oh, it was quite splendid dinner dinner cool but yeah um sometimes bad for dave because dave was living in a house with much younger people and i sometimes felt like bad for you it was okay it was an experience on hindsight there could have been things that would have been better um mm. the toilet could have been more accessible having to go through four bedrooms in the middle of the night whilst completely naked i know that probably scared a few people okay <laughs> i wish i would have been in that ask marconi it's a true story i'm just kidding <laughs> uh Okay, I was asking my chat, my Twitter, whatever, for questions for one week. 80% of questions were super autistic. I had to delete so many questions. I, I think I deleted them all. And I'm like, well, man, what? What the fuck are these questions? Can you ask Dave if uh, he wants to uh, fuck my girlfriend? So, so I just want to say... Was that your question? <laughs> got him. We, tried, we uh, got him. And I got some questions. They're not very high IQ, but hey, they're questions. Any question, doesn't matter. Well, let's let's ask some of these questions. Why does Paradox Ohoy4 not care about the multiplayer community? Do they actually care? It's just not viewed correctly. What is your opinion about the approach of Paradox or the Hoi 4 department in multiplayer? Mm -hmm. uh, recently, there was a Hoi 4 event, uh, an anniversary of four years. 
years of Hoi 4 coming out. It came out, believe it or not, four years ago. Uh, I think a few days ago. Amazing, right? Four years of Hoi 4. How do you feel after that, Tommy? You feel life's better? Mm. You're asking if multiplayer feels better after four years. Yeah, I would. Mm, no, no, I just, I mean, because uh, the reason I ask that question is because our lives have been transformed due to Hearts of Iron 4. You can't deny that, can you? I mean, that is the game that made us relevant and be able to make a living out of it. Uh, and it's, True, weird, but it's weird to think they came out four years ago, that's all. Totally right, but that's like not the question. Just because something... Oh, no, helped... no, it was a, it was yeah. a, a sidetrack. Yeah, um, so yeah, four years since Holy 4 came out, there was a little multiplayer event. I was invited to it and Prussian Prince, Moderate Viking, and Torior. Um, so I guess the question would be is like do we ignore the multiplayer community? I mean Prussian Prince at one point was a part of the meta community wasn't he? I don't know. I have no idea who was No. Prussian Prince used to play in games with you. when you Oh yeah I remember. Do... He's actually the... really good. I remember he used to win turn the tournament up. Yeah I remember now. Yeah the last I think it was over a year ago and there was another Hoi 4 event when a new DLC came out. I can't remember which one it was now. And Prussian Prince was in that and he played Germany and he literally demolished everyone. Literally. It wasn't even mm. a contest. He just completely forward is all i remember now yeah uh I, I don't know i think that's what i would say I, I feel like i don't think there's a specific community that anyone cares more or less about i mean at the end of the day if prussian prince get invited and he is someone who used to be quite prominent in the multiplayer community i feel like that's a big deal yeah but the question is more about the development static and not like them connecting with meta or multiplayer community do you think that paradox let's say when they have a new plan for a new dlc or a new patch they're mostly thinking about single player content and not multiplayer is that true or is it not true? i would say the multiplayer aspect of hearts Online 4 is a secondary. Um, I think yeah. the, the the base game is about single player experience and the multiplayer is kind of like an add-on. But if it, if it wasn't for the multiplayer aspect, I don't think the game would have had as much uh, popularity. Think, th let's just give an example. This one currently, this current event they arranged with the four people that came. So you've got Prussian Prince, who isn't the mass biggest on YouTube, but he was part of the meta community. He did play a lot of multiplayer games, so he's very different. Uh, I'm this guy who plays most of Hoi 4. And I guess me and Torio overlap quite a bit because we, we make these Hoi for kind of like break videos and stuff, I guess. And then there's, there's Modred Viking, who doesn't actually, I think he does play a lot of Hoi 4, but I think he jumps between games. He's mostly a streamer, which is recently he's been doing really well, actually. He's like 300, 400, 500 viewers a stream, which is on average is pretty big compared to like the average Paradox streamer if you get. Uh, so I don't know, like, there's quite a big variety there. So I, I don't know, my my question back would be like, I don't know, it shows like that they are selecting people based on a lot of different shapes and sizes. Two years ago, when I still was more toxic and maybe more childish, obviously, when I didn't get invited or when paradox or the hoi for department whatever you want to call it never did anything with me like not even giving me dlcs a week early i was obviously like but it's also entertaining uh it was also good for entertainment where you're like what the fuck i'm the biggest hoi for guy why are you not inviting me but i feel like the meme is old now and not fun anymore like i reached a point now where i generally i i mean it from above my heart i don't care anymore i wish them all the best and their company they have to make decisions that defend their company. I fully get it. And it's totally fine. I just sometimes wonder, which kind of will bring us to the next question. A question that I'm really interested in all the time. Because I, I never had the fucking insight of, of Paradox. Don't you think that if Paradox would work more with big content creators, there could be so much potential for growth and commercial and stuff like that? You know what I mean? I, I feel like it'd be the same issue with Twitch in the early days. People would complain that they're not getting exposure. I think that's why maybe they've... See, I'll just be clear, by the way. Um, I don't actually know how they select people for these kind of events and stuff you just you got an email that that's what happened or a dm on or. discord something like that you know yeah so i don't know how this the selection process works but i, I would say the, the pillars of how you get selected is you you keep your nose clean any kind of drama that might appear on other websites or get spread around the community is something that would be looked down upon as well
as maybe clips posted on live stream fails that gets the front page and gets to the top maybe possibly not my clip though because my clip did really well and it was really pc and it was really really wholesome <laughs> it was the star wars one <laughs> that was that was my probably most upvoted reddit post ever <laughs> Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Of course, you've got to have some influence in the community as well. If you've been around for a long time, like Prussian Prince, or if you have obviously quite a big following on YouTube, which me and Tori all do, or if you, I don't know, like Modred, Modred gets everywhere, you know. He always gets invited to like the PDX kind of events and stuff. I suppose it's, it's who you know as well. So you've got to get connections with someone you like, and eventually you'll open doors to new adventures. I imagine. Once again, complete guesses, by the way. I don't actually know how they select people, but this, that is my little hunch. The biggest, con if you look at Bokwin, ISP, Tommy K, uh, I don't even know why Alex wouldn't get invited to Isn't Alex? the nicest PC guy ever um that for example these three characters isp boko and tommy k are considered to be edgy but i sometimes don't get that if when i look at isp youtube videos or bokwin for me they're not that edgy just because they use a word like autistic is that already a reason to not connect with a 500 000 subscriber youtuber who, who could bring so much exposure to you that's something i always wonder and i was just watching the first quarter um business review from the Sion shit and they have this business model of conservative chill no risks no risk and from there, I get this this kind of um, approach of we're taking no risks here. We're not gonna do anything with Tommy K or an ISP or Bok. I think Boko but then has I always been wonder. To events. Well, he was in an well, EU4 one, wasn't he? Boko was in EU4. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It must have been I, six months to a year ago. But it was like an event where they had to do these little challenges. I think Flory Warrior was in it, and some other ones. I think it's getting better for them now. When I was, when I was talking to Bokwin last year on the convention, he was kind of saying that you ought to see that ISP is now. He got a, this Easter egg in the in the trailer. The artillery only Easter egg. So they show some love. The only one getting no love. The trailer? What trailer was that? The trailer for the four-year anniversary. There was an artillery only um, Easter egg in the <laughs> in the newspaper of speeches. Cool. Cool. Was, so they, they, are, they know these people exist. I just always thought or don't. I'm, I'm not a big economy guy. So there's two approaches. You are very conservative and chill without risk. You do not make big moves with these content creators or you take a little of a risk and do moves with these guys and have for the first time ever this company not trying to shit talk all the smaller ones the company has big has a face has like a big you know like fortnite has a ninja or something in a way and that could actually i mean it's still a company a company has to make money and i think this will bring in more assets i think what do you think about what i'm saying here um it, it kind of makes sense to select large people um because uh, just just from a general exposure perspective I, I think the way you see it is that if there's a marketing budget we'll just hand it out to people who are necessarily safe <laughs> and safe doesn't necessarily mean people who maybe won't slip up every now and then i'm not perfect but you know if they've worked if you've worked with pdx before which all the four people who have with this specific event that happened i think they they just class them as safe i suppose the hardest part is getting your foot in the door and if you've potentially had drama in the past doing other things online that things will carry over i, I think the biggest issue and this applies to lots of content creators naming no names is a, a lot of people don't take responsibility of how their community acts off their platform They'll just pretend that, oh, my community acts on free will. They do what they please, which is not really true. They're, they're highly influenced by the content creator, the influence of the YouTuber, the Twitch streamer. And I think taking responsibility for that is the first step towards getting invited to any of these kind of events. Hmm, well said. Well said. So you're saying that my chat is a bunch of idiots that destroyed everything. Pass. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> but yeah, to, to maybe finish this content creator paradox topic that I think I came to peace with it. I really don't. I wish them really all the best. Like, as you said at the beginning, without Hoi 
for me Tommy, and Dave. I would love you to get invited to one of these events, okay? Because I would love to play in a game with you, and we would have a good laugh and a good giggle. Uh, thank you, Shatis. But I, I think I wouldn't even take this. Oh, I don't say even take it anymore. Don't say that. We wouldn't be having this conversation if you didn't care. No, I just want to like talk about. I, I always want to understand. I always I want to understand what's going up behind the doors of Twitch and Paradox. I always wonder. Like I once had this talk with ISP, and he said this thing that uh, that I was what? Um, he said I made the joke like, man, do you think there ever was a conference room full of employees where they said we're gonna do an anti Tommy K policy and ISP? Was, yeah, that happened. That happened. And I was like, what? A bunch of adult people working in a company meet up and just talk about? Yeah, that's not. That's always interesting to me. Maybe that'd be a good topic to flow on to, like kind of like how we see our own platforms and how they're evolving, whether we're growing or. I'm even thinking of buying their stocks and all, all the best, man. Are they publicly trading? Yeah, they're for a long time. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. I'm like watching their mm. every quarter they have a stream where the CEO and the other guy, I don't know, there's a like a male and a female, and they talk about stocks and shit. It's really interesting. And they're actually doing well. They're doing well for themselves. Good approach. Yeah, I know the the ladies, the CEO. I can't remember her name. Eba Lundegrind. Yeah. Yeah. And if you would have bought Paradox stocks, we just said that before, before Corona, you'd be very rich right now. They just CFO, doubled up. Yeah. Awesome. How do we think our platforms are growing? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um yeah, so let, let me ask you, do you think streaming will ever get in the next 10 years we'll get a big competitor uh will twitch get a big competitor in the next 10 years that's so difficult to say it's like what could another platform offer i'm, I'm thinking a lot about this topic and talking to like people that know a bit of about economics and a lot of arguments i see is that you have to understand that streaming is not that big of a deal if you look at youtube they make so much money from videos they don't have to give a fuck about streaming uh if you look at the at the yearly report in january this year you see how much money that streaming make and twitch made and how much money did youtube make and youtube is worlds galaxies ahead of streaming and like they don't care that much so to go into the small. start with my origin story so i i first started streaming on twitch in 2012 the first of over 2012 and i started my feedback gaming brand um and it took me a very long time before i got any traction or got anywhere i was doing a full-time job on the side so 2012 twitch was the largest streaming platform and that hasn't really I, I would like to see like if anyone's got the data for it like a breakdown of like i don't know hours watched on certain platforms or amount of registered users watching at any active time that would be really cool to see um because i understand that probably there's been a pie taken from what are even the platforms are we've got hitbox we've got youtube gaming we've got mixer Mixer, that's a big one isn't it because that's owned by microsoft i don't know if i have the link anymore um i saw at the beginning of the year there was like a pie chart and obviously twitch still the number one with i don't know i think 75 percent, but it's slowly losing little chunks like mixer three percent uh youtube gaming gets a bit bigger facebook gaming, still yeah. um chat anyone has a link the pie chart that shows streaming in the january 2020 i need your help here that was very interesting and yeah i feel like i no. would say that twitch has no competition in the future but i also feel like if youtube and aka google Google will start doing big moves. For example, as they just did, uh, giving a contract to PewDiePie, they could really fuck with Twitch if they wanted to. Twitch has got some insane advantage. Wow. Views per channel, uh, average yeah, concurrent and, viewers. Yeah. And if you check out these stats, it will take Microsoft and Mixer just too much to keep up. Like, it has shown in the last months that buying Shroud and buying Ninja and all this shit is not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. Up. So it makes his own, just to confirm, Mixer is owned by Microsoft, right? Yeah, right? Chat? Yeah. Mixer so, is Microsoft group. So for the most part, I mean, they, oh, they've got limited money. But then again, Amazon owns Twitter. 
Twitch, so I suppose they've got well, Amazon, money as well. Google, and they all have infinite money. Way yeah, Microsoft. It would be even more interesting to see how YouTube does it again. I think YouTube is the big um, enemy Twitch if it wanted to be buying like Ninja and stuff. I, I don't think there's like money to be made on those specific individuals, the celebrities. That it's it's the exposure that those individuals will get and cause large amounts of people yeah. to move over. Look at unique channels. For the most part, under competition, mixers get a lot of people signing up and a lot of people starting to stream on that platform just probably from the influence of an ninja yeah. uh, i always think that mixer was hoping that big streamers would follow this move which did not happen obviously not to talk about normies but i have noticed a lot of people my friends on facebook uh they instantly want to go to mixer first before twitch and i think it's because of just the mainstream appeal of hearing about ninja and hearing about obviously yeah. the big games like minecraft and uh, um, yeah so in a way that was a good move to get exposure but will it be enough to ever be twitch that's it it's question. hard to say because they're going to play the long game aren't they and they've got the money to play the long game so it's hard to say 10 years is yeah. a long time though Can i don't mixer? If, if i get banned you will see me on youtube not on Mixer. well you've got the platform on there as well yeah because you got the subs there yeah yeah it's a hard one to answer that question to be honest with you i would like to see twitch have less control overall therefore might want to update their platform more maybe keep all the people up to date and whatnot but i think the way they see the internal well the way i see the internal structure of twitch at the moment is they're all complacent they've got the crap tons of money that amazon have got just to sit on uh they don't really need to do any change because they're the top of the platform anyway they have the monopoly of the platform so what's their incentive to really make changes and really change things up there really isn't yeah it's in, in it's like a basic economy question if you have a monopoly you don't have, you have no competition if you have no competition you don't improve a lot so how's yeah. your growth been on then twitch then have you do you feel like you get more concurrent viewers uh are them, is the donos up or is it how's everything the subs, the subs take look uh but growth has been going on but i think lately you it's important to not take the numbers right now too serious because of corona corona brought a lot of people in twitch and youtube as it really gave you like a really big jump yeah like april was by far the best month ever the wow corona. okay because everybody's at home didn't you have a, didn't you feel that on youtube no no that's really strange so i'm having the exact opposite problem sure the viewers might be up slightly but because people are spending less people have less money um and businesses are aware of that so they're putting less money into adverts and adverts is the main amount of money that i get right now i am getting murdered my ad revenue is down like 70 percent at its maximum it's on its way up now though but but it's crazy that you're saying youtube as a youtuber corona didn't help you i spoke a little bit to spiffing and he said the exact same thing he says his ad revenue were down like a large sum as well great like i'm sometimes i'm very very happy that i'm not a youtuber when i hear of your guys problems and shit man i'm happy i don't have these problems yeah it's yeah. uh it's it, it's 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 frustrating but i think just the way i see it is it's, we're at a bomb right now and the only way is up all right we're at 50 minutes now so just one more question already 50 minutes yeah wow okay well guys no hope for questions um a good question uh another question from eins what's up lisa is um i want to hear your take on this sure. so we have a fictional 18 year old guy he's a fan of you and me and he wants to be a Twitch streamer or a YouTuber. Can you name, let's say, three tip wisdoms you would give a young man that wants to make it on YouTube and Twitch? Maybe as a parallel, let's say, even make it more specific, as a paradox con creator, what kind of tips would you give personally? We can make this fun. So I'll do the YouTube ones and you can do the Twitch ones, right? So first of all, so for YouTube, my advice is to try and understand there's never going to be a one video success and that will apply to 10 videos. And that also may apply to 50 videos too. It, it becomes the stage that consistency is what's going to make you gain traction and gain videos, gain a following. Uh, for me, 
I wasn't gaining a following until I hit, I think it was between 50 to 100 videos. And then I started to notice like daily I was getting a sub and then two subs a day and three subs a day. And then you could see that eventual traction happen more and more and more. So I guess number one would be understand this is for the long game. You're not going to get one video success. I guess secondly too is don't invest in expensive hardware. I feel like this is a cliche because everyone says this one. But when I first started out, I had a crappy $10 microphone, the Logitech. I'll admit I started on Twitch and I had a really crap computer that I had to drop the quality really low. You ever gone on one of those first person shooter streams before and um, they've had to whack down the bitrate because maybe because the computer can't take it or they haven't got the internet connection and it's just this blobby, blocky mess and the cam is just a big ball of pixels. That was my stream to begin with. I'm not saying you'll get a following that, but you've got to start off with nothing and practice to be able to like speak into a microphone and gain the skills required from there. True, true. I had a, I was out with friends yesterday and one of my friends is in a band, in a guitar band, and he, had told, he told me a story. He has a very rich brother who doesn't know how to play the guitar. But he's rich and he got a very expensive guitar. And it was useless because as you just said, you need to learn your craft. Like I know what feedback's saying here. Like start easy, shitty microphone shit, but then step by step build it up to learn and appreciate your your items, I guess, in a way. Yeah, I, right? I think people are looking for a magic bullet. It's the same way we were talking about exercise earlier. People are looking for that one thing that they can do. This one weight routine or this one cardio routine to lose lots of weight or get really swole. And with most things in life, which is really hard to hear as a young person, I couldn't have taken took this advice as a young person. You have to put a thousand, two thousand, three hundred hours into three thousand hours into something to actually do sure. it really well. I think there probably are people out there who have natural talent, um, but for the most part, they make up less than one percent. And more than likely, if you just grind at it, eventually you will succeed. I guess the third and final thing. I guess that's the that is the third and final thing I was going to mention about like don't worry too much about your ability to speak on the flow. Don't worry too much about being able to provide a commentary and be funny and entertaining. Just kind of like do whatever you're capable of and eventually it, it'll just come i can remember when i played i think have you ever heard of a first person shooter called crisis sorry, sorry yeah yeah i know i know yeah yeah and that was one of the first games i streamed on twitch i think it was in 2012 okay. and i streamed with zero viewers i remember getting one viewer on the last boss and he came in and said hi and i was like so excited i was like oh hi dude how's it going how's it going <laughs> he never said anything else and i checked the chat list and he'd already gone I remember too when I when he came into the chat, I, I felt like I needed to put on a performance, and it was like so cringe. You know, like when you you have to say something just to fill a silence, and it doesn't really add anything to the overall stream or video, and it didn't really work. But anyway, there you go. Consistency, put in a long time, and I forget what the third one was. Oh, you don't need the expensive equipment. There you go. Okay, man, you're a wise man. Uh, totally right when he says you can't expect anything in life, sports, job, whatever, to go quick. You have to really put. There was once this great quote by some big economist who said, you, you never really know a thing until you put the thousand hours in it. Yeah. Very well said, Dave. I don't know you've that intelligent. There you go. <laughs> Three tips for Twitch. Go, stop. Go, Tommy. Blows away. Twitch tips. Just play Hoi4 competitive and grow from the shadow that Tommy K has left behind and be thanks to me. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Do your Damn. own shit. Um, how to make it on Twitch? Um, I like what you said. Consist Consistency is so, so stream. Like you have a job, you have a family, what? whatever you don't have a lot of time and you're coming home and you're like oh i could stream two hours now for one viewer or i could just jerk off for two hours the guy who's gonna make it on twitch is the guy who chooses to do two hours keep grinding keep pushing stay consistent stream every fucking day slowly people notice um youtube income and and twitch income like on viewers is always a ramp it's like oh no one's watching me and then one day it will start going up so yeah consistency as dave said very very important um 
Secondly, I think you need a niche. I think YouTube, YouTube is the same. You need to be different. Like if you right now make a competitor for a fourth channel, you're, this is going to sound super arrogant. You're never going to reach Tommy Caleb because it's already been done. You need to do something new, right? You need to come up with an idea. Uh, I guess so find your niche. Like if you if you stream Warzone right now, no one's going to find you. But if you look at Victoria 2, Hoi 4, CK2, Love Paradox, there's not a lot of streamers there and you can easily be found. And the third tip um, uh, to be found is to make legally have two or three fake viewers in the beginning. What do I mean? You start your stream, first time ever, you have one viewer, nobody knows who you are. You tell your mom, your dad, your brother, your friend to turn on the stream, uh, different IPs. So you have four, this is not bots, this is legal, right? It's, it's real people. So you have four viewers. What does that mean? Let's check it right now on stream. I show you guys. Um, you just started becoming a streamer and you're trying to stream Hoi4. Show you real quick. So we're looking at Hoi4 here and the a normal and guy, perfect here, is going to be like, aha, uh -huh, mm -hmm, I want to watch Hoi4. Who are these people? Uh, I'm not Turkish. I'm not German um the first english guy is seven viewers if you fake yourself up to let's say eight viewers or five viewers let's say you have eight friends or whatever you're already rank free here and people click on you but if you don't do it you're gonna be down here like you're already gonna be more ahead and people need to find you they need who's this what's that what is this so that's my uh number three but in the end um as feedback also very wisely said it's very hard to tell this young people because young people don't want to hear this young people think different yeah they want the magic pill don't they that'll cure them and make them amazing. yeah you will learn when you get older it's it's grinding it's consistency that's so important everything you want to be a singer you want to play an instrument you want to be a streamer youtuber you want to be good at your job you want to be a good plumber you got to put the work in got to work 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 on your skills i think there yeah. is a kind of person that is good at twitch and youtube and i there's naturals as you said yeah i i think let's just i'll say your skill and then you can say mine i think yours is you are generally overall a high energy person you the ability to go for a 12 or a 24 hour stream and still keep it up blows my mind because i can't do that i get yeah. three or four hours into a stream and my voice gets a little bit low and i'm just tired and it's just that enthusiasm there. and i feel de depressed because i'm like i've not give it my best but that's all i can do that's all that's in the tank and that's why i ended up on youtube because i can give it my all and when i'm not on my best i can walk away and come back to it another day old man dave damn right old man dave indeed but he's totally right everything has advantages disadvantage something that makes that makes me sad sometimes or that makes me you know negative feelings uh is that when you stream almost every day for 10 hours there will be shit streams that's going to be shit when you make a youtube video you 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 take out the, the shit right you will get the good content but if i if i'm boring for one hour you guys are going to see this right and that's like a disadvantage and then oh the stream wasn't good or thing but yeah and what dave is saying this this me being high energy that's the, the grind right that's the, the grind look at xqc just talked about this the other day um this grinding thing streaming every day for 10 hours it's gonna get you somewhere people will expo expose to you back in the day i felt this a lot when i stream into the night that means the usa people are waking up and they start what that's already more income and shit stuff like that uh, think, why do i think yeah what, sorry. why do you think that i what what, what made me i think it's your look <laughs> hey hey something i wanted to tell you i was let, let me check your oh, latest no. video you never let me go to feedback gaming look i'm on your channel and i can't click video you're gonna say to why didn't you show your face in all your videos yeah why don't you have a webcam yeah. that's something i know webcam because i think you always have this resting bitch face and you think you don't want people to see that there's a portuguese but, youtuber who's kind of i think he's upcoming he's only got like 100 subs and he, he's a he's young he's a good looking guy and i feel almost like <laughs> if if looks is important to you i think you probably shouldn't watch him i'll 
fighting, but Luce, <laughs> a Lusitania, I think his name is. I think he, he does okay. kind of like a little bit like the Alex the Rambler thing, like because he does like he plays the game, he commentates, and he's also got a little cam in the bottom left. I don't know. I don't really want to do that. Sometimes I just don't want to. Guys, do you want to wake up in the morning? You just don't want to have to like look pretty on camera. I don't want to be doing that. How do you do it, Tommy? Does your does your girlfriend do you like your makeup and I your beard and everything? It's hard. You take a shower <laughs> and that's you wear a t-shirt and you're done. You're natural beauty, Dave. You just have to take a shower and wear a t-shirt. You're gonna be fine, bro. I look like Jesus right now. I've got my hair grown out, my beard grown out. Well, I would love to see that. How I wake up is how I appear in videos, says Alex Rambler. <laughs> I would love to see Dave right now in the Jesus style. You're around since 2012, you said, right? Yeah. Imagine this shit. That's almost over eight years grind. Eight years, man. Do to, to to stay strong this long, Alex. How, when have you started? Um, to stay strong this long and not go for something else or not give up. That's that's strong. Some people do that. Go ahead and do this for eight years. It's not that easy. Um, your voice is beautiful, and I don't know. I, I don't know if this is wrong because I don't know too much about Hoi for YouTubing. You have this niche of exploit content, I, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I want to say I'm just ripping this bit in Brit. Why? Because his success cannot be ignored, That's and I feel like true. yeah, yeah. He's, he's this exploit thing is really working a lot, yeah. I think credit where credits due, and imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And at the end of the day. A lot of the changes I've made to my channel recently with the stock images, exploit focus videos, it's all because of spiffing because his success is so big, it cannot be ignored. I fully get that. Uh, I fully understand that. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, Chad Spiffing Brit is a YouTuber. He, he used to be before. He does everything now. And he went through the roof. And I think, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, he went through the roof now over 1 million subs because he started to do exploit videos. Like, yeah. hey, this fork in Skyrim has 2 million damage. Check this out. And then the algorithm got him. And Are we good to wrap up then? Do you think this was a success how do you feel i that was good everybody in chat zero to ten how was this i like this idea of only doing one hour because you then have still stuff for next time uh, yeah i think cool. ending on a high is really important yeah i really like that i wrote down seven <laughs> topics and i only rubbed out one and it was the thumb topic <laughs> so i'll save these <laughs> topics for next week hey we're, we're we're an average nine in the chat i mean that's what's fun Dude, that's what i'm learning lately i never did talk as a podcast and a german streamer uh, did it he invited me to one of his and i realized first uh, first of all talking is such easy content we just sit here and talk for 1.3 viewers and you yeah. just talk so easy man i it's think keeping cool. it in nice digestible portions is really worthwhile guys thanks for watching don't forget to subscribe i'm feedback gaming you can find me on youtube just google feedback gaming this was the pornographic beautiful podcast of tommy k and dave thanks for watching uh please check out dave on youtube he's actually doing pretty well lately deservedly so he's beautiful i love him i consider him a friend i don't think he thinks the same which hurt and everybody let's say thank you in the chat that he took his time to chill with us on and, a sunday morning and don't forget guys to follow tommy at twitch.tv forward slash tommy k live updated streams and more podcasts in the future hopefully maybe kind of we'll see thank you for watching broadcast sorry bye. guys I did not bye